Hello again, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all to another episode of the Profound Pickleball Podcast. I'm Stephen Ron, and with me today is a very special guest. Uh, this is another one of the um, folks that I had the pleasure of meeting uh, when I first moved to the area last summer, um, talking about um, none other than Mike O'Leary. And when I first met Mike um, at Shaw Park, um, we were playing with a group, and Mike was playing in a wheelchair. Now, in all honesty, I had never played pickleball with anyone in a wheelchair before. And so we got playing and I was having a great time. Um, and I met, you know, got to speak with Mike after we were through playing. He's one of the nicest guys you'll ever, ever want to meet. Um, and Mike's got a great story he's going to tell you. But I'm just going to give you a little bit of a preview and say that Mike is no longer playing in a wheelchair. And I'm going to let him talk a lot about that. Um, so Mike, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Well, um, it's, it's an honor to have you on here today. And um, if you don't mind, let's let's uh, kind of get started with uh, kind of fill in some of the details about your your background. You've been a very active guy your entire life. Uh, I know you've been involved in some sports outside of pickleball. So if you can just kind of give us a quick rundown of your uh, past with all your sports that you've done. Sure. Um, well, I was born in Canada, born in Toronto, um, and uh, being from the hockey capital of the world, I was born, I joke a lot of the time, I tell people I was born with a pair of skates on my feet, and uh, I, I hung out at the old Maple Leaf Gardens as a young boy, and, and uh, watched a lot, of, a lot of hockey games there, and I played a lot of hockey as a kid, um, never really got to a high level, um, I played a little club hockey at University of Michigan, but my main sport uh, growing up was skiing. I, I, I was uh, with the Canadian World Cup team, uh, downhill skiing. And uh, you know, from there, uh, after totally destroying my knees, um, I ended up uh, taking a break from competitive sports for a while and then eventually got back into um, playing. Uh, uh, I played some squash in college and I played a little bit of racquetball. Uh, never really got into tennis. I never had the opportunity. And then uh, the only other sport that I really got involved in was uh, the old stand-up jet skis. I, I got on a, a racing circuit for a while with, with that. So I did a little bit of that too. <laughs> wow. So when you were with the uh, the Canadian skiing team, what's the highest level of like uh, World Cup, Olympics, anything like that? Yeah, it was World the World Cup team. Yeah. Okay, I the the World Cup team. You know, there's it's there's a point system. Um, I was I was never one of the top guys in the World Cup team, but I was good enough to make it, but not good enough to to go to the Olympics or anything like that. I was. Uh, I'd have good days. I'd have I'd have a great day, and then I'd have several not so good good days. And uh, to be at the Olympic level, you had have great days every day. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you also have uh, some other history with hockey uh, from a professional standpoint, not playing but working with the team. Correct. Yeah, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, <laughs> Kind of funny, my, my first degree uh, at the University of Michigan was in exercise physiology. So I had been a trainer and done some strength training with uh, in strength and conditioning training with a lot of athletes. I was rehabbing my knee uh, in the Detroit area 
And uh, I met Steve Eiserman, who had been the captain of the Detroit Red Wings for a long time. I think it's, I think he ended up 21 years as the captain for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, long time. But I met him. He was rehabbing a knee at the time, same time I was, and we kind of hit it off. And through his connection and friendship, um, I he invited me to uh, start doing some strength and conditioning training with the Detroit Red Wings. So that was back in the days when they were, they were actually winning the cup quite frequently, uh, the Stanley Cup. And uh, it was a, that was a, a fun side gig for me. I, I really enjoyed my time with them. They're a great bunch of guys and uh, animals as far as workouts go. And so, uh, Chris Chelios, Chris Draper, Darren McCarty. People down here in Georgia don't know who the heck I'm talking about, but (laughs) (laughs) up north, you would know. (laughs) Well, I I used to follow hockey a lot more than I do now, and I know all of those names because I remember Mm -hmm. the great Red Wing teams that were were winning cups back then. Right, right. Those are some legendary names in in hockey. Now, you mentioned that was a side gig, but that wasn't your main job at the time, was it? No, I, I had a... Uh, 31 year career as a full-time firefighter and a paramedic okay in, in Michigan yeah yeah well there you yeah. go that was a very rewarding career I love that job I, I can certainly imagine um yeah. and now you're you mentioned that you when you were skiing you had some knee problems did that, did that have a really uh bad effect I guess on your your regular job uh well periodically (laughs) but that came later um by the time i was a firefighter i was uh, out of skiing so um yeah i I, i'd had pretty some pretty serious injuries and now i've had two total knee replacements Um, right yeah okay well all this is kind of leading to this question um about pickleball now how did you get started in the game of pickleball what is your origin story with pickleball Kind of an interesting start. I, I lived on Marco Island in Florida uh, for about 11 years, and I was uh, some workout buddies of mine. Uh, we were they would talk about going to the local racket club on Marco Island every Tuesday and every Thursday at three o'clock in the afternoon to play pickleball. And I said, "What the heck is this?" pickleball and they told me about it they described it they said you know you use a paddle it's a smaller court than a tennis court and it's really a fast game it's really strategic and everything and you use this wiffle ball and I'd I'd cut them off right at the word wiffle ball I'd go are you kidding me a wiffle ball I said I stopped playing with wiffle balls when I was six years old and uh, finally just they, they just shamed me into it one day and I went out and I they get, handed me a paddle, which now I look at the paddle that I started with. This was about seven years ago. It was awful. Um, and I played with them. I f- tried to figure out the goofy rules that first day and the scoring and everything. And uh, I tried to be in the right position. But after about a half hour or so, I was really getting into it. And um, uh, by the end of the day, you know, I was hooked. I, I went, I went home, I started, I ordered, I did a whole bunch of research, ordered my own decent paddles and, and, uh, and never looked back since I became addicted immediately into the sport. All right. Well, that, that sounds like a, a lot of people have a similar story that they played it yeah. once and 
didn't take them long to get hooked and there was usually a, a bad paddle an old bad paddles involved but quickly yeah. the players who sort of got it quickly moved up to a much better paddle oh yeah yeah now, these days um, you are a sponsored player is that correct yeah i have been for um uh geez i guess about five years i've been sponsored by engage pickleball um, rob elliott and jody and rachel and and uh josh their kids um they have become more than just a sponsor to us. They've, they've been very supportive through my uh, wheelchair career in pickleball. And uh, they've even helped me with uh, wheelchair mobility skills videos that, that we did in Florida before I moved up here. And uh, they, they're just a great family. And they make a really good product, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you, you mentioned you know, the, the, the wheelchair videos. Um, now you have an organization um, that buys wheelchairs. Is that correct for, for, for people? Well, yeah. What I, I'm Rodney Grubbs, who is, is the owner of um, Pickleball Rocks. Most people in Pickleball know them oh, yeah. for, their, for their clothing and everything. Well, Rodney approached me uh, and said, Michael, I think you know, I know you're trying to raise money for, for to buy, purchase sports wheelchairs um, for people that have disabilities and might be interested in playing our, our sport. And I said, yes, absolutely. I said, we have already um, purchased a, uh, three, two or three, I can't remember now, three chairs uh, that we have left in Florida at different parks, East Naples, where the US Open is, and one on Marco Island. And uh, I said, I'm interested in doing some more of this up here. I said, uh, you know, the amount of joy and, and, and just feeding my competitive juices and things that I, that I got through playing in a wheelchair, I just wanted others to, you know, appreciate this as, and, and realize that, that just because you're disabled uh, doesn't mean you have to sit on a couch all day long. You can get right. a lot of exercise, be competitive, and um, so I work, worked with Rodney on this uh, project called Let's Roll Pickleball. And uh, the proceeds from that, we are going to be purchasing some uh, sports wheelchairs very soon, actually. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the shirts, the Let's Roll shirts around. E yeah, yeah. They're, it, it's going very well. Um, I'm, I'm very pleased. and and. Uh, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm currently trying to find a, a good home for these new new chairs up here. I'm new to Georgia, you know, only been here a year myself. And um, there's a couple of organizations that I think I'd like to investigate uh, to donate these chairs to. Um, and I've just initiated, actually this week, just started looking into that. Right. Now, Let's go back a little bit to where you, you started playing pickleball, but at that time you were not playing in a wheelchair. No. How long was it before you had to move to the chair? It was about a year. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I started in a, as a standing player, I went to the first U.S. Open um, at, in East Naples. And I, my partner and I were playing in men's doubles in four or five, 4.5 skill level. We were doing really well, but I had about a month or two before that, I had been diagnosed with a condition called Lewy body dementia, um, which is a 
similar to, but not quite the same as Alzheimer's and um, some similarity, similarities to uh, Parkinson's. I had noticed, the only reason I had been diagnosed with this is my wife uh, had said, you know, you're acting kind of strange lately. <laughs> you're not remembering things. You're starting to stumble. Your speech is getting a little bit odd. And uh, we just, through extensive testing at the Mayo Clinic and uh, in Jacksonville, the, after a week of being up there, they decided, yeah, without a doubt, you have Lewy body dementia, early stages. And um, so I went to the US Open. I was kind of just trying to absorb all this. And in the meantime, I was starting to trip and fall frequently. And in this very first US Open, as a standing player, I fell three times that day on the courts. We were winning, but I kept falling and it came to a medal round. I think it was, I think we were going for silver. Yeah, I think it was a silver medal. Uh, and, um, we were winning the, the match and um, <clears throat> I went up for an overhead shot and I fell backwards and landed on my head. So I'm told, I don't remember any of this, but uh, knocked me out cold and I ended up in the hospital for several days. Wow. And um, the doctors after that incident, said, my neurologist said that, uh, you know what, it's, he was watching my gait as I walked. He said, your gait's getting worse and worse and worse, and it's probably going to continue to get worse. And it did. And within about three or four months, I, could, I couldn't walk without a cane. Um, the messages from my brain to my feet were very delayed. Mm -hmm. And um, so my hands still worked fine. So I eventually ended up playing in a wheelchair. Um, I, I just couldn't stop the game that I loved. And I said, you know, <laughs> I want to do this. I want to keep playing. You know, I know I won't be playing at a four or five level, <laughs> but uh, so I, I, I just started playing in the wheelchair and I loved it. I, in fact, I would say over the last five years, that's one of the things that's kept my head above water. Um, there were a lot of people who go or are diagnosed with a form of dementia, any form of dementia, usually have some depression issues that go along with it. And uh, just the mere fact that you know you're deteriorating. And uh, I just, I, I don't know, I, I, having been an athlete all my life, that I knew that would make me feel good, that just keep going. Right. And, uh, and it did. And the people, I have to say, the people in pickleball, um, <laughs> that that's what makes me the happiest i mean um the sport i love absolutely i love competition but it's the people they're the best people in, on the planet <laughs> i have some of the best friends of my entire life through pickleball well i think i think you're you're speaking the language that most of us who play understand very clearly yeah when i first met you you know i, I had never been on the court with you before Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing I noticed about you was that you were always smiling, um, <laughs> having a great time out there. And then I figured out very quickly not to hit the ball right at you because your hands were incredible and you were <laughs> putting away balls that I was not used to seeing get put away. So I learned to avoid you as much as I could at that point. Yeah. Um, but the overall just you know, experience of playing with you was fantastic. Um, 
And so I appreciate, you know, you were one of the ones who helped welcome me to the area. You know, I think I was here a little after you had been here. Um, mm -hmm. But in the last, uh, I don't know, month or so, there's been a, a big change in the way you play pickleball. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> biggest change in my entire life. Um, yeah. I had a fall in our home here in Georgia about four months ago. And I got another concussion. <laughs> Let's see, that takes me up to about 15 in my life. <laughs> um, and I lost my speech as a result. And I ended up in the hospital again for about four weeks after that. I couldn't get a word out, not one single word. And it was starting to affect my, uh, my, my whole outlook <laughs> on, on life, actually. I said, you know, if this is bad enough that I can't remember squat, but now I can't, I can't even converse. And uh, I, I, I often now, I joke with my wife. I said, uh, I said, I never realized how much I liked to talk until I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now that I, my voice has come back, she's, she's like, yeah. I think sometimes secretly wishing I would just shut up a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, that wasn't the, when I, we went down to the open in April and um, the US open in Naples. And by the time we got to Florida, I was able to get out a few words. And a couple of days later, I was speaking in sentences again. And my wife said to me, are you, she said, well, at least you're going to be able to talk to your friends down here. And I said, more than that, I said, I haven't had any nightmares or acting out my dreams, which was a regular occurrence throughout this whole last five years. I, I could hardly ever get through a night without having terrible nightmares and acting out my dreams, physically acting out my dreams, jumping out of bed, and <laughs> running into walls and things. And uh, I said, the dreams are gone. And um, she said, really? And I said, yeah. And I said, watch this. I started walking across the floor. And instead of shuffling with my cane, I was able to actually pick up my feet a little bit. I said, I don't know what to tell you, but things are getting clearer. The fog in my head seemed to be lifting. And uh, we uh, went to the US Open. I was still in the chair. And, um, but I was feeling better and better every day. By the time the U.S. Open was over and before we came back here to Georgia, um, a friend of mine, uh, Mike Illich from the, uh, the uh, Little Caesars family, the Detroit Red Wing owners and Detroit Tiger owners, uh, he said to me there's a place that he wanted me to go see in Naples, Florida, that was doing some experimental, not experimental, but new science um, stem cell treatments. It's right. sort of a purif purified stem cell called exosome therapy. And uh, so I went to this place, it's called Fountain Life. And um, they said, you know, you're already showing some signs of a reversal in all your symptoms. But what we feel is this treatment will actually boost the process. And I had one treatment with them. And within a week, I was almost back to my old self. I mean, it had completely, I have all my symptoms of dementia were pretty much gone. Wow. Within a week. 
So um, I, was, I came home to Georgia, we got out of our car and I took my cane um, and I stuck it in an old golf bag and said, you stay there, I don't need you anymore. And uh, I've been walking ever since. And a couple of weeks, well, about a week after that, I went to play pickleball at Shaw and in the evening and I, Todd Short was there and I said, Todd, I had my wheelchair with me. And I said, Todd, I, I'm going to try and dink a little standing and see how it goes. And about five minutes into it, I said, okay, I'm ready to play. Wow. <laughs> and I've, I don't, I haven't used the chair since. And it was a little awkward at first, but of course, uh, I can imagine it would be. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things I had to get used to Well, more than a couple of things. Um, it had been almost six years since I'd been playing on foot. So playing in a wheelchair at four feet tall <laughs> compared to being at six feet uh, as a standing player, all the angles were new to me again. So um, that and the fact that there was a, uh, I was getting to the ball much quicker now uh, standing on my feet because I didn't have to be pushing uh, the wheelchair, which delayed my response time from to, to get to a, a ball. And uh, in fact, about, 50% uh, faster on foot. So those two things and the fact that my feet weren't paying 100% attention to, to my brain at first. Right. And I, I still say it's been about a month now. And I, uh, I would say they're about 95%. It's, I, every once in a while, I feel a little bit of awkwardness in my, my running on the court. But overall, it's miraculous. <laughs> I'm just, well, yeah. That is fantastic. And, and I, I'll just throw in there that this past Sunday, was mm -hmm. it Sunday or what, what day it was? Wednesday, excuse me. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday um, four of us, uh, Todd and uh, Judd, I believe, were playing mm -hmm. out of Oregon. And you were there with us. And that's the yep. first time I'd played with you since you've gotten out of the chair. Yeah. Let me just say I was impressed. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I figured there would probably be some residual issues you might have. I sure didn't see many on the court there. Yeah, I I can feel them a little bit, but overall, I'm very pleased. I mean, I, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> and yeah. I, 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 am I where I was, you know, prior to the wheelchair? No, not quite. But I think You're over time, I might, I might get there. Pardon yeah. me? I, I was thinking you probably are on your way to get there, you know. I, I hope to be there in the next couple of months. I, you know, I would like to get back to that level, but I, what I also have to remember is I'm uh, six years older too. That's <laughs> true. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Time waits so, for no one, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, all I can say is it was great being back on the court and we, unfortunately, we only got to play the one game before the rain came that day. Um, yeah, that's true. The thunderstorm. Definitely, definitely wanting to get out the court, you know, again with you as soon as we can, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Um, so this this is a question I get. You kind of touched on what I think your answer might be, but I'll let you elaborate mm -hmm. further. I always like to ask people, what is your, if, if, if you could come up with one thing about the game that you love more than anything? Now, some people can't come up with one. They have to just mention several, and that's okay. So if there's one thing or a few things you want to talk about, the reasons that you really, really enjoy pickleball. Yeah. Um, 
without a doubt, there is one thing that stands out for me. Um, and that's the people. Uh, I, oh, yeah. People that, and my friends that I have made over the years in pickleball are honestly some of the best friends I've ever had in my life. They're genuine people. They're, they're there to help you uh, anytime and do just about anything. And I have to shout out to Todd and Ginny Jarvis and, and uh, Kathy Anderson. You know, when I first came here, they, I, you know, I said, I play in a wheelchair. Can you help? I want to play pickleball. And they never hesitated to, uh, they came and picked me up because I couldn't drive at the time. And, and uh, uh, you know, they took me to all over the place to play pickleball, Shaw and Oregon Park and uh, Grace Life, and all these places. And, and they've become very, very good friends. They're, they're what ambassadors really should be. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they, they went out above and beyond, I think in my case. And, um, and as a result, now we're all great friends. So uh, I'm very appreciative of that. Yes, I absolutely love the sport. I love the speed. I love the strategies. I love using my hand-eye coordination and the competition. But above and beyond all that, it's the people. Uh, yeah, and, and I've had uh, you know, several people on the podcast and that's a common response that the people of the game, the interactions. Mm -hmm. um, one of the guys, the first guy I had on my podcast is a friend of mine from Macon named Paul Midkiff. And mm -hmm. Paul, I asked him the question, his answer was the laughter. Um, yeah. That, yeah. You know, what, going back and, and just watching our video from the other day, um, yeah. almost every point when we finished the point, somebody was laughing. You know, exactly. it was a good shot or a bad shot or whatever the result was, there were smiles and laughter. And in other sports I've played in my life, that has not always been the case. And you probably no. know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And and we can't forget the trash talking too. Oh. I mean, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I think the trash talking and is is just sort of a, a way of saying, hey, hey, I love you, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I honestly, I, if I don't know someone, I'm not going to trash talk because I don't know them. I don't know what they're comfortable with. Right. Um, if they can handle it, if, they, if they're going to understand what I'm trying to do. Right. So I'm hesitant to do that. But when you're out there, when Todd's out there, all, you know, let it fly, you know? Yeah, let it fly. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the laughter ensues. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, like I said, I was just watching the video from the other day and I was like, there was this really great point where you went off to the side and almost made a shot around the post. And yeah, even though you missed a shot, it was like, Oh, I can't believe I missed that. And it was, everybody was smiling about it. You know, and, <laughs> um, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it, that's, it's the best part of the sport. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. Now, um, another question I'd like to ask you now, kind, kind of think back to when you started playing with those guys in Florida Mm -hmm. Over the last you know few years, the game has changed a good bit. It's it's a different game maybe than what it was when you um, started. Uh, you want to maybe talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I I think some of the basic skills that I learned, um, you know, the the third shot drop and the dinking and all that. I think I think that's still an essential part of the game. 
but as the bigger and more athletic players are uh, some some of the players coming out of tennis for example um, have come into this game I think it's become you know the drive shot has become very very big and uh, when you drive is 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 um, it, well your people are, people at higher levels I've noticed anyway are driving a whole lot more than they used to uh, say five or six years ago people used to get caught up in the well you, you re return the serve deep and then the next shot is a, a third shot drop and then everything's at the kitchen until somebody makes a mistake lifts the ball a little too high and then it's then you hit, have your drives or your quick back and forth but yeah i think the biggest thing i've noticed is people are just driving a lot more oh yeah now the the, the danger with that i find is some people are getting starting to drive a little too frequently they're getting a little too predictable and um and trying to make winners out of non-winners balls that are really too low and they don't really have the skill set to put a lot of top spin on them um so i see that sometimes in fact i'm guilty of that myself sometimes i as soon as i make the the shot i go whoa why didn't i just reset <laughs> you know <laughs> but but yeah, it's becoming more of a power game overall, I think. Well, I, I will echo that. And I actually did come from tennis. I played tennis since I was you know, a kid. Uh -huh. I moved to pickleball. I was trying to hit winners on almost every shot. Yeah. You know, those low yeah. balls that in, in tennis, I could whip a forehand topspin cross court that I cannot do in pickleball. Yeah. There's only a turn. I've had to learn this, the slow game, the dink game, the drop shot yeah. game to compete with the people that I'm playing now. Yeah, one of the things I will say, um, I, I've been very fortunate being sponsored by Engage. Rob Elliott is one of the better instructing coaches in pickleball that I've come across, and I've, I've, I've known a lot of them uh, being in East Naples. And uh, Rob said to me, he said, anytime, I think the biggest tip that he gave me uh, that changed my game the most was he said, anytime you are really reaching or really extending to, to return a ball, he said, reset, mm -hmm. just reset. Don't it's try and make, pardon me. It's not attackable. Basically. It, think. It's basically not attackable. And yet your instincts are to try and attack, <laughs> you know, you're running at full steam and you're reaching as fast as you can. And yeah. But he said, just learn to reset, reset, because that keeps you in the, in the, in the rally. And, uh, you know, you have a chance to reposition and your opponents, if you, if you reset with a nice drop, you know, they're not going to have an attackable ball either. So you just continue the rally, get yourself out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. That, that's something that, that I, I have to tell myself that multiple times every game, it seems like. Yeah, just, just I know. I, reset, I, you know, take the reset, live to fight yeah. another shot, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you have some great shots too. I can, you know, I watch, I love playing with you because I, I, I see when you do attack, I have to be definitely on my toes because you have some great shots and I know I can see the tennis in your strokes, you know, and uh, it's, it's great, but. Uh, well, so when, when they go in, I'm very happy. I'll just put it that way. I, I just got to make sure they go in enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Mike, this has been fantastic. Um, I think we've covered all the ground um, that we were that we discussed. So, any final thoughts before we sign off here? I I don't really know what I can add to this, but um, it's been really fun. I really enjoyed talking uh, with you about um, the changes and pickleball and my changes and medical. And uh, that's one thing I would like to say is I hope you know in in talking on a platform like this, I hope that maybe some people will uh, with medical issues or medical problems, if they, if they ever uh, would like to uh, hear my story. I mean, when they hear my story, I hope that they, they, they realize that hope is really where it's at. Um, I, I've been given a second chance um, at the latter part of my life and, and I'm very grateful for it. But I think all along, when I was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia, um, I, I said, I said to my wife, I go, I don't really believe it. And I know I had all these high profile doctors saying, you know, this is what's wrong with you. But I said, Lewy body dementia is not reversible. So after my complete recovery in the last couple of months here, I, some of the doctors are saying, you know what, you may not have had Lewy body dementia. And I said, I never did. I know I never did. Wow. And I was, I had dementia and I had similar symptoms to it, but I think uh, one of the things, one of the doctors is very uh, adamant about, he said, you know, when did your symptoms first start? And my wife said, well, it was right after your second knee replacement surgery, which was a very long operation. It was four or four and a half hours long under a general anesthesia. And he said, that's what I was kind of wondering. He said, "We're he, this particular doctor happens to be the team doctor for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he said, there's a lot of research going on now into um, dementia-related symptoms resulting from general anesthesia. And he said, the one thing that we do know is that if you do develop dementia related to anesthesia, you, everyone's different in how they recover or even if they recover. But when they do recover, it's like a light switch goes on and in a matter of a few weeks, you're back to normal. In my case, it was six years when the light switch started to go on. Right. Well, I mean, it looks like around the time you were this year in, in Florida was about when it was coming back on, right? Yeah, that's about when it started. And, um, you know, I just, the, the I think if people want to, have hope for their particular problems, uh, to give them a little bit of hope, have them look into the stem cell, the newer stem cell treatments that are going on, because there's a, a lot of positive things happening with that. Absolutely, and, uh, yes. And uh, I, if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm always willing to give the information out on the clinic that I went to. And, um, a lot of, a lot of pretty, pretty high profile doctors are behind this and, and they're, uh, it's not FDA approved yet because well, that's another story, the FDA, oh, yeah. but, mm -hmm. uh, but, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it doesn't work. <laughs> that's well, all I can say. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, Mike, I just want to say thank you once again for, for joining me today. Um, I, I know that people are going to really enjoy hearing your story and, all I can say is I'm looking forward to the next time we're on the court, okay? 
Me too, Stephen. Can't wait. You take care and we'll talk soon, all right? All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.